Welcome to Films from the Phantom Zone. We are the podcast about failed and forgotten comic book movies. My name is Arnaldo, your host, and with me is... Berto, the other host. Today we're doing something different. We're... I feel like we're always doing something different. Wonder Woman 1984 came out, and there's a lot of opinions on the internet and among all our friends. Oh, yeah. We don't review regular movies coming out. That's not the premise of this podcast. It's failed and forgotten. But in the interest of content and to be relevant, I guess, we thought we would test the waters and do a nice short review on this brand new movie that is neither failed nor forgotten, and we'll see how it goes. What do you think about that? I'm always up to try something new. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So this is a non-spoiler review, and at the end, we'll just say, hey, we're going to spoil the shit out of it, so stop listening, if you want. Okay. Good with you? Yeah. Let's do overall thoughts, and we'll get more specific. Wonder Woman 1984, what did you think? It's a fine movie. I enjoyed it. I'm not, like, praising it or saying it's a masterpiece or anything like that, but I'm also not saying it's garbage like most people seem to be saying. Here's the thing. I don't think it's most people. I think it's, like, a a very, yeah, it's a very vocal minority because... Some people are, like, legitimately upset about this movie being the way it is, and they're going on Twitter, and they're going on, you know, Reddit, and they're just like, hey, 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 and they're just, like, clicking away, you know? But I feel like a lot of people saw this movie and was like, meh, cool, and just went about their lives. Honestly, that's that's how I am. I'm like, all right, I'm not mad that I watched it. And they just, like, turned it off and just watched something else and just went to sleep or something. And that's kind of what I think I would have done. I was like, okay, cool. That that was fun. I will be watching this movie that I've been waiting for for a year. This movie was delayed for a full year because of COVID. Right. And do you think that's part of the reason why it's so um, divisive on the reception of it? Were people's expectations too high because they waited so long? I think maybe not, but what I do think is that releasing it at home had a slight effect on how people watch this movie. You know, when you're watching a movie at home, it's just harder to focus. Like, your phone is there. You can just pause. The pause button is just calling for you. Yeah, you can just get up and go to the bathroom, which ba- you can do at the theater, too, but you're a little bit less inclined to do it. Yeah, you're going to miss the movie. Yeah. And I find that it's not just with me. Like, when I go to the movies, everyone's paying attention because you're in a theater. You paid for it. You know, you got off your lazy ass. When it's at home... Like you can pause, you can you can go on your phone, you can do you can anything. chat with people. You can, yeah, you can talk to people, and it's not like looked down upon, right? You can do whatever the fuck you want, and I feel like that really informs how people are watching this movie because I felt that a lot of how this movie is plotted is not entirely straightforward, but it's also not spoon fed to the audience, you know. But everything's there. Like, there's no plot holes here. And a lot of people claim, like, the story doesn't make any sense, and it's a big mess, and it's cheesy, and I'm like... The plot's all over the place. Yeah. Were you paying attention? Like, honestly, like, were you paying attention when you say these things? Because we watched this together, and we paid attention, and we had no problem with how this movie's No, I had no problem, like, understanding what was going on or anything. I thought the plot was pretty straightforward, to be totally honest. sure. It's so easy to look away or kind of get distracted in your own home and then you miss out when on something that the movie is trying to explain to you. Yeah, because there was actually a lot of exposition in this movie. And I will get to that because when we get to spoilers, I was talking to a friend about how the exposition was like, could have been done a little bit better. Right. But the overall thing I think this movie suffers from is a central plot device and a MacGuffin. Do you know what a MacGuffin is? Yeah, it's like an object. Yeah. Usually an object, sometimes a person. Sometimes it can be a person, yeah, that just moves the plot. 
Yeah. It's like the thing that the plot kind of centers around. So in a movie, if everyone's trying to get this one object, that's the MacGuffin, right? And in this, again, this is non-spoiler so far. It's kind of a very old school, golden age, comic booky thing concept. Yeah. And I think if you can buy into that, you're fine with the movie. You're going to just cruise by and you're going to have a good time. If you can't buy into that concept, then the whole thing falls apart. Yeah. I don't know if you would agree with that or not. No. Yeah. And people talked to me today about it actually saying like, I know it's like a comic book plot, but it doesn't translate well to screen is what I was told. Here's the thing. And we'll get to it. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think this particular MacGuffin is any worse or better than say the Infinity Stones. Right. Like, honestly, the only difference... It's just as ridiculous. It, it's pretty much the exact same thing, without spoiling. It's its a very similar... You could call it an Infinity Stone, and you'd be like, okay. But those movies, the MCU movies, explain those stones over about 20 movies. Yeah, and they, so, they explained them, they built up to them. Yeah. You saw the importance of them. Exactly. Whereas this one's kind of like, hey, this is what this is. And people are like, what? And then the movie just keeps moving forward. I think that is the major crux of this film, basically. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I thought this movie was pretty good. If I'm perfectly honest, I think it's pretty good. I don't think it's anything special. And if I have to say anything, I would say, yes, I am disappointed by it because I want more from a Wonder Woman movie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. My expectation for a movie of like this caliber is much, much higher. For it just kind of like being a movie, like, oh, it's a good time. It's fine. There's no major problems with it. I can turn it on, turn it off, and then go to sleep and then never think about it again. That's not what I want. I want a movie that I watch, I get excited about, and then I do think about it for like the next fucking weeks or so, you know? I want an endgame experience every time I go see one of these movies. So I think both of our opinions on this is that basically like the movie was good enough. It was a movie. But it was just kind of just like a movie. Like it was just like, okay, cool. Like I saw it and all right, I can go, you know, fuck off now. That's how I felt about Aquaman. Okay, fair. But you know what? At the least, Aquaman gave me that feeling. Like, if we want to get into it, Aquaman, I don't think is a great movie. I cannot call it a great movie. No. But I've said this a million times. That movie is fucking badass. It's a a spectacle. It is such a spectacle. It is so epic. And there are parts of it that just make you want to stand up and cheer. You know? When Aquaman's being fucking badass, and he's fighting all the people with the whales, and there's giant fish with shit on their back. Like, it's amazing. You know, saying his one-liners. Yeah, sure. But, like, it's fine. You know? Because you've accepted the fact that this is not going to be a great movie. It's like watching a Fast and Furious movie. I don't like those movies, but a lot of people do. I like them. Well, as like a guilty pleasure type movie. So my point is, when I saw Aquaman, you know, going and doing Aquaman stuff, I got excited. Like, it gave me this feeling of like, yes, that's a superhero and he's superheroing, right? (laughs) This movie with Wonder Woman kind of didn't do any of that. There was one moment that I really enjoyed that gave me that feeling. I was like, oh, yeah. And then it just kind of teetered out. Okay. But... I don't think it's any better or worse than the last one, to be perfectly honest. I think people remember certain scenes from that last movie more fondly than maybe they should. Well, I was saying this back when the first Wonder Woman movie came out, and I actually got some shit for it. I was like, everyone was praising it, saying like it was the next big, huge, great thing. I'm like, it was okay. It was okay. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. But the whole thing kind of falls apart in the third act. The Ares fight is kind of weak, I think. (laughs) That whole movie kind of felt like a more supernatural Captain America, the first Avenger. Sure. Which is funny because the sequel to that one was also set in DC 70 years later. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Just like this movie. Holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, to be fair, Wonder Woman has a lot of history in Washington, DC. 
as we saw right. when we watched the Linda Carter show. And her, and the last her one. Yeah, they're all orange, like creation is very similar to Captain America's as well. Sure, sure. The first movie, the whole first two thirds of that movie is great for me. And so this one I thought was the whole thing was just kind of okay. It had moments that were really good. It didn't have any moments that really let me down. But like I said, I do want more. Like I love DC properties. I like them more than Marvel properties. These are my characters. So I want these movies to be as good as the Marvel movies. I don't hate the Marvel movies for being good. I love the Marvel movies for being great. I want these to be just as good. I want there to be conversations about like, oh, like, oh man, I can't wait for Justice League 4. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my God. That would be a a, a dream, you know? Right now we're not on track for that ever happening, but. We're on. I can't wait for Justice League version (laughs) (laughs) 2.0. We'll see how that goes. So, overall complaints. Do you have any, like, major things that you love, major things you hate you want to say Um, before we talk spoilers? Trying to see if I have any complaints that are, like, spoiler-free. I guess I could be vague with it. My only real complaints is maybe, like, the plot's not super strong. It's not bad by any means, but it's not, like, a strong plot. Like, it was enough to keep me interested the whole movie, and I guess that's all you really need. But it could have been more. Sure, yeah. I can definitely get behind that. I think that, like, when they're writing a movie, plot is probably, like, the least important part. It's probably the part that takes the most amount of work, but it's honestly the least important part of, like, the early conceptual stuff of making a movie. Mm. The things that they want to nail are characters, themes, right? Right. And then when you get to plot, that just serves the themes, it serves the characters, it serves these motivations, it serves any kind of commentary that you're trying to tell, but... The specific plot isn't that important. So when people complain that this movie, I've heard complaints that, well, why is it set in the 80s? Why isn't it set in the 80s? You know what I mean? The writers chose that for a reason. Oh, I guess one complaint I do have, and I didn't notice this until after we finished the movie. There is almost no 80s music in this movie. I I think I'd have to... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Which I, is I'd have to watch it again. I a don't very remember. odd choice considering the decade that was chosen for this movie. Well, the beginning, I think, when they showed all the eighty stuff. I think there was like so- a song in the background, but that's like yeah, yeah. when they had the car and the haircuts and then the mall and the workout videos. There was eighties music there, but I think that's like all you would have wanted a little like, bit more. It was like a scene. Like, maybe, like, Guardians of the Galaxy level. Like. Maybe not to that extent, because something that Guardians of the Galaxy does with its soundtrack, which I really enjoy, is it's kind of involved with the themes of the movie and the story. Yeah, it serves the story, right. for sure. We don't necessarily need that here, so there doesn't need to be music playing all the time, well, but, like... Did you like the score? I thought the score was fine. I liked the score yeah, a lot. I, I enjoyed the score. Yeah. but We'll, um, we'll talk that, because yeah. I do have something about the yeah. score. But it's like, it's an 80s movie, and the only thing that really screams 80s is like a couple scenes towards the beginning of the film, really. I think I'd have to watch it again to really kind of pick up on a lot of it. But, you know, the villain is, like, he's trying to get into the oil business. Right. And there's Cheetah Print. that (laughs) That's still kind of a thing today. It kind of inspires one of the villains, Cheetah, who's in this. So that, that was a thing. I don't know. It was know. like subtle, though. She was like, oh, hey, nice shoes. <laughs> I mean, there's also kind of the, they wanted to flip the model on its head where the last movie was A Fish Out of Water where Diana had never been to the male societies. And so she's in London and she's like, oh, my God, what's this? What's that? Like, yeah. And Steve Trevor's like, you're going to, like, make a fuss. Like, come this way. And I do like that fish out of water stuff, which right. there is quite a bit of that in this movie Right, because well. they flipped it. Now, Steve is the fish out of water because Dan is very much acclimated in, in the 80s. And he right. died in 1918. 
Yeah. And now it's been 66 no, years later. Some of my favorite scenes were him like being like amazed by the I'll, future. Yeah, I like that part a lot. A lot of it's in the trailer. So it's not spoilers because sure. like a lot yeah. of this is in the trailer. Sure. Yeah, that's something I like. I really like all the characters in this, and I really like all the actors. I think all of them did great. Gal Gadot, great. She's always great. Um, Pedro Pascal, I think, kind of steals the show. <laughs> he was pretty he fantastic, was actually. in this movie. I really, really like him. Without spoiling anything, I like that he gets to be himself and that he gets to be a Latino character. Yeah. Because I wasn't expecting that at first. Because no, I thought he was going to play like a white dude. I thought he was going to play a white dude, too. And he was able to just use like his normal accent. Because if you listen to him in interviews, that's what he sounds like. He has an accent yeah. that he Americanizes in a lot of his roles. Mm-hmm. Like, including uh, Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah. The second Kingsman as well. I he's think he actually movie? plays a white guy in that movie. Yeah, he's in that movie. He, does he play the cowboy? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's, oh, I he's about one of the, the yeah. um, they're not called the Kingsmen, they're called whatever the hell the Americans are, were called in that movie. I've only seen that movie once, I need to watch it again. Yeah, I liked his character a lot, whether or not he's a great villain, he's an okay villain, I think, but I like his character a lot, I liked his motivations, he hammed it up, he did great. The, yeah. Kristen Wiig was fine, like, she's a good actor. Yeah, she was um, nothing, I had no issue with her. Not the best role, I think, but... Probably the weakest one, but still fine. Who else was in this? Oh, and then um, Steve Trevor. What's his name? Chris Pine. Pine your he's, favorite. Yeah, no, he's he was fantastic. He brought the same charm from the last one. He had a little less to do than in the last movie. Right. So we, there was less screen time. He is more of kind of a plot device in this movie. No, he doesn't serve the plot at all, I think. he. What does he do for the plot? He uh, teaches... He's Save the it reason, for spoiler. Yeah. Think about it for a second. Yeah. Because that was kind of a complaint I saw online a lot was that why bring him back at all if he doesn't move the plot in any way? And again, the plot isn't always that important. Like, he's there to serve Wonder Woman's character and to provide some sort of closure because he had died in the last movie. Right. We'll get into it. Yeah. In, in yeah spoilers. Yeah. But so my biggest complaint, I think if I had one other than it wasn't fantastic enough for me like it wasn't like mind-blowing some of the action scenes uh one of the major complaints i read was that there wasn't enough of it and i don't think that's true i yeah i, think, I don't really agree with that yeah i think the amount of action is fine it's not quantity that i'm concerned about it's more quality the action set pieces i think are set up really well but a lot of times wonder woman seems like she's just kind of floating around yeah it's like and, the effects were a little odd yeah I think it's her, specifically her mechanics. This is her fourth appearance as Wonder Woman. And by now I'm like, you should probably have her mechanics and like her visual language like nailed yeah. by now. Because right? like, there's points where like she's moving quickly, but it doesn't look like she's running. It looks like she's just kind of like floating, floating or like just gliding along. Yeah. And it's something about it just looks weird. Yeah. Yeah. What does she do? Does she run? Does she teleport? Like what? Yeah. Like, Her movements are too smooth. Exactly. And it didn't look like that in the last movie. The last movie looked like she had some more weight to her. Whereas in this one, when she's fighting, everything seems really weightless. Uh, and like I said, yeah. some of the action scenes in the first Wonder Woman movie are fantastic. No Man's Land sequence is amazing. And then the fight scene in the little French town yeah. is really, really good. And people complain about slow-mos, but that is part of this movie's visual language, right? Yeah. Patty Jenkins did it in the first movie where there was slowdowns and speed ups and 
you know, she did it in this one too. So that's not a problem with me. It's just that like... No, that was never an issue for me. The, the slow-mo doesn't bother me. <laughs> like, I feel like when she punches someone or she takes a hit, it doesn't feel real. Like, you don't feel the weight to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. She kicks someone, they, you know, they, they hit a wall and then she... They go... They, like, they just go flying. flying. Yeah. It just doesn't feel real. And I know that sounds ridiculous as a complaint, but you watch some of these other superhero movies when that very same thing happens and it, you kind of feel the weight to it. If you watch the action scenes in this movie, you'll know what we're talking about. Sure, sure, sure. Like something will just seem a little bit off about the, not the choreography, but just like the, the hits themselves. I, and I feel like maybe it's some choreography too. Like, I mean, compared to some of the best, like Captain America Winter Soldier. Well, that's some of the best fight choreography yeah, I've ever seen. Exactly. And you're right. Maybe it's an unfair comparison, but why not strive for that? Again, the last movie was a lot better in this very particular thing. That being said, there were some action scenes that I really liked in this movie. So it's not a major complaint, but I did feel like this is a finished movie in that sense. Like, were Mm -hmm. those action pieces really nailed down? Did they still have more work to do on them? Like, I'm not convinced of either of that, you know? Kind of have one more sort of complaint. It's not really a complaint. We'll talk about it in spoilers. But overall, I think this movie is fine. I don't see the hoopla. Like, it's neither great nor terrible. It's somewhere in the middle, and that's fine. That's okay. There's there's nothing wrong with that. Not every movie needs to hit it out of the park. Sure. And like I said, I I am disappointed that I didn't hit it out of the park because I wanted it to. I really want this universe to gain some steam, and it feels like every time a movie comes out, it's just still stuck in neutral, you know? Yeah. And it seems like the ones that that we really do enjoy don't really seem to be getting as much attention as we'd like. Like, Shazam was really good. I don't see people really talking about that much, though. No. And Birds of Prey. I like that movie. Birds of Prey I thought was that movie good was too. pretty good. I need to rewatch it. But that movie got a weird release and then a retitle because it wasn't making enough money. And, yeah. And so, not the movie's fault. But again, it just feels like this universe is just kind of stuck in neutral. It doesn't want to pick up and go. I'd really hope if maybe the Snyder Cut changes that. And then people get excited and then they start doing some more stuff. Just do, do some, do some stuff, you know, <laughs> do something. Anyway, uh, do you have anything else to say before we move on to spoilers? I think we're ready to go on the spoilers. Okay. So if you don't want this movie spoiled for you, you can just turn this off. Thank you for listening. Otherwise, spoilers from here on in. The MacGuffin is this weird, it's like a genie. What is it? It's a wish. It's a, stone. like a wishing stone that yeah. was enchanted by. Some god. Some god she's aware of, right? Because she is an ancient Amazonian kind of warrior princess, daughter of Zeus and other gods, right? Yeah. So her villains should kind of come from that. She is like this cultural archaeologist or something? (laughs) Something like that. It was a weird title. So she has like some PhD. Yeah, she works at the museum. And then in the future, she's going to end up working at the Louvre because that's where we see her in the first movie. In BBS? Mm, or No, in Wonder Woman. Oh, in the in, first Wonder Woman. In the first Wonder Woman, the movie starts off. Oh, in Louvre. the present day. Yeah, in the present yeah. day. And I think in Justice League also. She's, so she's in Paris. But because, I mean, she's been around for since that long. so A she, very long time. She's very good with all these uh, artifacts and whatever. Again, it's a weird kind of MacGuffin. It's a weird uh, premise, right? Yeah. So whenever someone's holding this stone, they can just kind of tell whatever wish they want. And it'll be granted, just like that. It's magic. What's so hard about that? Like, <laughs> you watch Doctor Strange, you were fine with that. 
right? Which was way more complex. Way more weird. This is very simple. Yeah, it's a weird stone, but can you wrap your mind around that? Because you can wrap your mind around the right. infinity stones. But there is a catch with this stone. They compared it to the, uh, monkey's, the monkey's paw. paw. So it'll give you what you want, but it'll take something in return. Right. Okay, again, it could have been explained better. That's all I'm going to say. Like, they picked a weird thing, and they could have done it, it a little bit more It could justice. have been explained better, but, like, when we were watching it, none of us had any issue understanding what was going on with it, though. We're like, okay. No, like, not that's at all. That's what this does. Uh, and, they, again, they explain it several times. The first guy who makes a wish on it accidentally, he's like, oh, man, I really wish I had a cup of coffee. And then immediately some guy's like, I've got this extra cup of coffee. And he's like, oh, my God. He takes it. He burns his lip. We yeah we immediately yeah. see how this works. It just it that was subtle, right, right? And then later on, they actually explain it to you. They yeah. tell you exactly how it works, and then they show you through more examples. So that's what I was talking about earlier. That if you can buy into this one concept, you're going to be fine with the movie. But if you can't buy into it for whatever reason, whether it wasn't explained enough or whether you think it's too fantastic, then the movie kind of falls apart for you, I think. Right. I think that's the real crux of this entire film. (laughs) And it's a shame because, again, Marvel made Infinity Stones work. So it's not impossible. Not a single person I've ever met in my life said, well, the Infinity Stones are ridiculous. Yeah. And for whatever reason, because they're explained better, because they were introduced one movie at a time... I don't know. Like, you tell me. But I was talking to a friend about the exposition in this where they had to explain how this thing works, but they did it really late in the movie. And yeah. I thought... It would have been better had they done that... Earlier on. Earlier like on. the first act. Yeah. yeah. Like, instead of them, when they find in the museum, being like, I don't know what the stone is. Instead of being like, oh, hey, there's a legend surrounding the stone. Or even I, have the villain, with all the research he clearly did on the stone. Yeah, they sort of figure it out. But then they... I'm talking about the scene where they go see that Mayan guy. Oh. It was not Mayan. That guy was Indian. And the character's Indian, too, because his name was Patel. And it was supposed to be, like, a joke. I didn't get it. Because then he's like, oh, no, my Mayan ancestors. And I'm like, who are you? I'm confused. I think the point was that he was just kind of faking being Mayan. Uh, Okay, so like that, again, that, that was a weird little. It was thing. a weird time to explain how this rock works, but then also because there was another flashback in this movie when they explained Linda Carter's character. Yes. Uh, By the way, she's in this movie. Exactly. So Linda Carter's character played like I forgot her name. Asteria. She was the last bearer of the Golden Eagle armor, right? Which right. Is from the comics. It's like the strongest armor that they could have possibly yeah. constructed. Because she defended Themyscira from, like, the armies of men or whatever. Why not have a flashback where she has the stone? That way you kill two birds and one stone, exposition-wise, and then you don't have to go see that mind guy at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there, I, I feel like there's just and better you ways. you trim a of, little bit of fat off the movie that way, too. Ex- exactly. And that's the other thing. This movie's really long. Like, I was fine with it, but it, it did kind of drag in places. I read that Patty Jenkins was told she has to cut one of the two beginning scenes. And she said, no, I need them both. And I get it because... Well, the, yeah, the first beginning scene with the race like kind of shows that even Wonder Woman's not perfect. Like, even it, she has flaws that she needs to... It sets up the themes of the whole movie. Yeah, no, it, it's an important scene. The theme of this movie is truth, yep. right? And that when she cheats that race... That lady, I forget her name, doesn't let her finish. Right. She's like, no. Like, she's you, like, no, like, you you're not ready. You can't do it. Like, you cheated. There's no getting around that. It doesn't matter if you'd come in first or you come in last. You're disqualified. That's not how you win. You're mm-hmm. not ready to do this, right? And this whole movie is about truth. It's about if you cheat, if you take the shortcut, then it's really not worth it, right? 
Max Lord. He's trying to become successful because he grew up an immigrant and he grew up poor. Right. And he thinks he needs to prove himself by being this kind of this 80s American idea of like a successful man, yeah. right? Dyes his hair blonde, yep. you know. <laughs> and he's using the stone to... Yeah. Do that. But he's cheating. He's looking for the easy way yep. into it, right? And he's also manipulating the entire world in the process. Exactly. She gets a chance to be back with Steve Trevor, but it's not real. Right. This was a complaint a bunch of other people had, too. It's like, why was she okay with this? Well, she wasn't. She said it immediately. She's like, we need to figure this out. This isn't, yeah. this isn't okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> She's also the first one in the movie to renounce her wish. Oh, and people are like, well, why did everyone renounce their wishes? Because she had were... the lasso of truth. The lasso of truth was on yeah. Max Lord, who's connected to everyone else. And that's the other kind of premise that was strange. The satellite thing. If you buy into it, if you buy into the first part, you should buy into that. And everybody was connected to the lasso of truth. So they all saw the truth that the world was literally ending. Exactly. Because of this. Exactly. And so everyone, you see that you're compelled to do the right thing because the lasso also compels you. All that's very thoroughly explained in these two movies, mm-hmm. right? So if you have a problem with that... You didn't pay attention. Exactly. But, I mean, and I see where you might have paid attention, understand it, and just not like that that's the direction they went in. And that's fine, but don't say it didn't make sense. Exactly. Now, my other complaint is they used a beautiful lie in the climax of the movie. Have you, you've seen BBS? Yes. Right. The very opening sequence, which is the flashback to Bruce and the parents oh, die. When we watch his parents die for like the 8,000th time. Yeah, but it's definitely the best one. And then he goes into the graveyard and he falls down and he finds the bats. The music playing there is called that. It's Hans Zimmer. The piece is called The Beautiful Eye. And that kind of is Batman's theme for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Do you know which one I'm talking about? I... I'll play it for you. Okay? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm just going to link it. So that piece, he put it in when the like machine's freaking out and she's got the lasso and everyone's renouncing their wishes. Mm. It's to that piece right there. And I'm like, kind well, of why? <laughs> they, they never put a score into like a scene without a reason, though. Yeah. So, okay. So yeah. it's very much like a planned thing. It's probably Hans Zimmer's decision here that I guess Patty Jenkins stood by because it's his music. He did the score to Batman vs. Superman. And the whole point of that piece and that scene in, in BVS is because there's a Bruce Wayne voiceover. And he basically says there was a time when everything was good, but shit happens. You grow up, you see the world for what it is, and then you realize the truth, which is like everything's shit basically Mm -hmm. that whole scene in a sense that's what was happening in this movie exactly exactly so that's batman's position in the beginning of that movie okay he that's part of his arc is that he is such a broken down batman that he can only see the world in that way and then superman provides him hope 
by the end of the movie. Now, whether the movie executes those themes, it's another conversation, but that's what the setup was supposed to be, right? A Beautiful Lie has this thing where it just keeps, like, going lower and lower, like, like, do-do. Do, 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 do. It just keeps falling down as Bruce Wayne is talking about falling, right? And he literally falls down and finds the bats as his character is falling to such a dark place. And I think that's the point here is that everybody is realizing their darkest moment by taking the selfish route and by wishing for something, making the world a dark and scary place. Right. They have fallen to like their lowest point. And I get that thematically, but I've associated this piece of music so much with Batman at this point because that is his theme in that movie. And it was supposed to be his theme in the next movie, but then Danny Elfman rewrote it because he got fucking hired to do the Joss Whedon cut of Justice League, right? Part of me, I thought I was going to see a young Bruce. And I turned to you and I was like, are we going to see a little, you know, 15 year old Bruce Wayne or something like that? Making a wish. Yeah. And in continuity, Bruce Wayne would have been like uh, like 14 or 13 or something like that. And he probably would have made a wish. Probably not. He would have definitely wished for his parents to come back. Yeah. And have to renounce that wish. So I thought we were going to see that for a second. That would have been actually pretty cool, too. I, exactly. And again, and it strengthens the sense of continuity between these movies that are kind of far apart because it's like a prequel. Yeah. Right? There's nothing better than when you watch an MCU movie and you get that connectivity between those two films. That's why the MCU became so popular. Exactly. And I'm like, okay, while they're playing Beautiful Lie, we might see Bruce Wayne here. Again, I was just kind of let down that either we didn't, but we used that music, you know? Let's be real, though. If they would have done it, people still would have complained about that. Hey, man, I would have been really happy. (laughs) Uh, Like, ugh, fan service. Yeah, me. Serve me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't know. That's a nitpick, honestly, because thematically, like I said, the piece works. Right. It doesn't feel like a Wonder Woman piece of music, but it, it definitely works. Yeah. So. Well, while we're in the spoiler zone, my last complaint would be, all right, so the stone makes wishes come true pretty much immediately, no matter how like crazy it is, right? Yeah. Why for Steve Trevor to come back, did it have to be in somebody else's body? Like, if it's magical and, mm. like, physics don't really seem to matter with this, like, we saw a wall come out of the ground at one point sure. in the movie. Why couldn't Steve himself just show up? Why did it have to be in the body of this other guy? Maybe there are some rules. Like, the genie in Aladdin, first thing is, like, you know, I've got three rules. You can't bring people back from the dead, and you can't wish for more wishes. <laughs> so, I don't know. I thought at least part of that was to give it some sort of kind of, like, moral gray area kind of right because pose a difficult question to wonder woman like put her in a tough spot which upset a lot of fans too because they're like oh my god how was diana okay with yeah this guy's body being stolen well and again it's like first of all there was nothing she she could do about it at the time and she's gone 66 years essentially being heartbroken yeah and we any normal person would be like holy shit he's back yeah god forbid she enjoys herself for like just a minute Right. Also, everybody remember, even Captain America kind of broke some rules to go back in time and be with Peggy. That's true. Yeah, exactly. So, More kind so of... fuck all you haters that think that's a terrible thing she did. Yeah. She didn't do anything really bad. Yeah. But just like DC, like we were saying the other day, they're not allowed to be happy. Right? Right. <laughs> they got to fuck with them. And so Wonder <laughs> Woman can't be happy. Steve Trevor has to like die again. But yeah, man, I felt it when he was like, I lived a life. You gotta let me go. Like, I'm not supposed to be here right Right. now. (laughs) And she's like, you know what? You're right. 
I renounce my wish. Yeah. Do you think she... That's not the end credits. It's the last scene in the the Christmas part of this. Oh, Merry Christmas. When she runs into the body of the guy that Steve Trevor was inhabiting, do you think that means that she's more open to, like... She finally had closure, and she's open to, like, dating and... I don't know if it meant she was open to dating. I think... A part of me just kind of thinks that she still kind of saw Steve Trevor when she saw the guy. Yeah, but remember... And she was just kind of, like, the remembering... The guy didn't actually look like Steve Trevor. That no, was no, for no, us. No, right. But the whole time, she was looking at this guy. Sure. But she saw Steve in him, though. Right. And I think by seeing this guy, like, basically running into this guy again, maybe it brought back, like, just, like, she was just remembering Steve, and she was just mm. kind of, like... Okay. ...feeling nostalgic. I thought it was kind of like... I don't know if she's going to be... It's finally given her closure because if you remember, I mean, you don't know when someone's going to die, but she didn't even know that he was going to do something dangerous in that last movie before he died. Yeah. She had like, uh, she couldn't hear and they were like, he was like, I got to go. I got to fly the plane or whatever. And she's like, what? What did you say? (laughs) (laughs) And then he goes and he dies and she was not expecting that at all. No. She was just starting to get to know him. She had no closure with somebody that she had just fallen in love with. So that's that's kind of, that was my takeaway there. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. Overall, I like the movie. The more we talk about it, the more I'm like, oh yeah, that was interesting. I want to go back and watch it again. Yeah, no, like this is a movie that I'd probably watch again and I know people are going to hate me for that, but I'll watch it again. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. (laughs) I'll definitely give it another watch. I probably wish it had more of an impact. Oh, the one scene that I really liked, the... Fanny pack. (laughs) No, that was all good. All that stuff was really good. (laughs) The part where she's under the car, and then she, like, the drive shaft breaks. Oh. And it tips the whole car over, and it launches her in the air. Yeah. I thought that was good. That gave me chills. Everyone is just staring. Like, Steve is staring. The bad guys are staring. They're like, holy shit. I love that Steve is, like, her sidekick. Yeah. <laughs> he's her Bucky Barnes. He's just kind of like in the background. He's doing mop-up duty. I love the fight scene. The one fight scene I really, really did like was in the White House corridor. That was a good one. That was a, It was really good. And he's in the background just kind of punching as much best as he can. He's a good hand-to-hand fighter. Right. right? But he's still just human. Right, right, right. And he's got the silver platter and he's just kind of working with what he got, you yep. know? <laughs> he grabs a sword ready to fight. She's like, no, 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 don't kill them. It's not their fault. Right. Because <laughs> they're being controlled. I mean, they're doing their job. They're like Secret Service. That too. <laughs> so, no, that scene was really, really good. I'm going to watch it again, I mean, probably. I'd say overall, like, I liked the direction. I didn't have an issue with the way, like, any scenes were, like, filmed or anything like that. Yeah. I liked the plot. It wasn't the strongest, like I said, but, like, it was fine. Yeah. All my complaints kind of seem like nitpicks. Exactly. So, that's the thing. It could have been a lot tighter of a movie. Right. The exposition could have been better. You could have convinced the audience to buy in better, I guess mm-hmm. I should say. The action could have been a little bit better, like we were talking about, but you fix those things, I think I would have enjoyed this movie a lot more, Yeah, and I would have been a lot happier, and I think most people would have been happier with it. But I'd, it does seem like a kind of a 50-50 split between when I when you talk yeah. to people. So I mean, I'd give it like a 7 out of 10. Sure, yeah. Just above average. Maybe less. Yeah, above average, for sure. Maybe like 6, yeah. 6.5. So be it that we don't usually do this, say if we're doing a review of a new movie, would you say that this film is likely to be in the Phantom Zone in the future? No, I don't think so. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not upset at this movie at all. Like, it's not something that I wish didn't exist. You yeah. Know? So, like, if this whole franchise were to, like, collapse, 
Because, again, this is ongoing. It's part of the DCEU, and they're still making more movies. Yeah. But they just greenlit a Wonder Woman 3. But if it was all just to burn down now, like, maybe. I don't know. Maybe if... I'd have to say, like, if I watched it again and was like, eh, I didn't really need to do that, then I might say, like, yeah, maybe it should be Phantom Zone. There's a few other DCEU movies I'd put in the Phantom Zone before this one. Okay, that's fair. I'm not going to pry you any further, but yeah, that's fair. So <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of on the fence on whether this would be Phantom Zone at one point in time in the future. But there is such a thing of making movies better retroactively. Like the whole Marvel Universe made Iron Man 2 better. No, and I agree with that. In and you know how I feel about Iron Man sure, 2. Sure, yeah, sure. But when you watch it now, informed of everything that happens in the future, it's a better movie. Because of how they kind of contextualize it. I'd say it's know? a more important movie. I don't know about better, but also that's just me. We should watch that movie together. I think that'd be fun. <laughs> All right. So as usual, thank you for listening. Thanks to that piano dude for our new and improved musical intro. Oh, it sounds great. It's amazing. Make sure to leave a rating and review. Tell a friend. Find us on Instagram, Films from the Phantom Zone. Find us at Twitter, at Films from PZ. We're arguing with people left and right about whether this movie is good or bad or whatever it is. We don't usually do reviews on new movies, but if we have fun today, I think we can uh, maybe figure out a way to... I mean, new movies, they don't come out that often, right? They don't. It's going to be every few months. It wouldn't hurt to have a special episode every once in a while, but honestly, like, just tell us what you guys think about us doing this. Sure, exactly. So, other than that... Have a great day, have a great Christmas season, and we'll see you with when we come back with Batman Forever. Batman for oh yeah. That's, that's our next movie. Batman yeah. Forever, yeah. Bye. Bye.